The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network, The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, Feb 21, 2019, and this is The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hello, my name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi, coming up on today's show, the great Jody Hamilton from The Stephanie Miller Show is here. Holy hell, Mueller is supposed to wrap up in a matter of days. That's what we were told yesterday. I have no idea if that report is accurate. It probably is, but I don't know. I have no idea what it means either, but maybe we'll figure it out here during the course of today's show. We'll also bring you any news from the Roger Stone hearing today. We're recording this now. We're starting the show at about quarter after two, two in the afternoon on Thursday. So, the hearing's supposed to take place at 2.30. We'll hopefully have some news for you here before the end of the show. And another maniac wants to kill liberals. And, of course, Trump hasn't said a damn thing about it. All right, let's talk about Patreon. We just posted my interview with Drift Glass and Blue Gal from the Professional Left podcast yesterday. It's a free episode like all of our interview shows. We hashed out our disagreement about uh, Never Trumpers. Of course, Drift Glasses, Burn the Lifeboats meme versus my Coalition of Normals concept. And I think we came to a better understanding of what we're all talking about there. Besides, it was a very civil conversation. It was a lot of fun. There were a lot of laughs, too. Anyway, go to bobseskashow.com and listen. And if you dig what you hear, please help support this uh, completely independent podcast for $1 a month, $5 a month, $10 a month, or $15 a month. And depending on your subscription amount, we'll give you hours of weekly bonus content, including our post-mortem show recorded right after the end credits on our Tuesdays and Thursday shows, along with our Friday after-party podcast and the 90-minute ultimate edition of this show without commercials. We're also posting all kinds of free content on our Patreon page, including our interview with the Pro-Left Podcast, uh, Malcolm Nance, John Fugelsang, Tony Atamanik, Jillian Barbary, Stephen Weber, and the Frangela Duo. That's bobseskashow.com, or just click the all-caps Patreon link beneath the logo at bobseska.com. And now, oh my God, too much news today. Let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Today the president is going to direct the attorney general to appoint a special prosecutor. Yes, sir. You know what that means, right? Yeah. Okay, so you're going to need a lawyer. Actually, Mr. Babbage, I don't think I need one. You do? I think I'll be fine. Really? Yeah. He's going to ask you about everything you have seen and heard since you started working at the White House. I can answer those questions truthfully. Then he's going to call you back a month later and ask you the exact same questions. If your answers change even a little, they can prosecute you for perjury. Mr. Babish, Oliver's fine. Are you prepared to describe every conversation you ever had with the president? Whether he asked you for an aspirin, whether his hands quivered? Are you prepared to answer questions about your relationship with his youngest daughter? This is NFL football. When is this all going to happen? I don't know. How can you not know? Because grand jury investigations are secret. So they can just knock on my door one morning? They will knock on your door one morning. How much? You know, how much do you think? Assuming you did nothing wrong, saw nothing wrong, and heard nothing wrong. About $100,000. We could not talk or talk forever and still find things to not talk about. The Bob Seska Show. Okay, it is the Trump crisis day 763, 621 days into the 2020 presidential election. Seems like it's tomorrow, doesn't it? Given the amount of shovel fights we're seeing already among the Democrats online. And we've got some horrible Russian news along those lines, too. Because, of course, Russia is stoking all this crap uh, between the Democrats. And it's happening to everyone, including Bernie, including Kamala, including Elizabeth Warren. All of them are getting hit by Russian uh, trolls and, and memes and disinformation. Well, it's all disinformation. Uh, okay, well, what are we doing next? Oh, do, oh, the great Jody Hamilton's here. Hi, Jody. Jody. Hello, Bob. Hello. What's happening? How are you? Keep the faith, Bob. I'm. I, you know, I'm really trying to. It's 
it's getting harder and harder as time goes on, and I'll tell you exactly why, because Donald Trump is getting crazier and crazier and crazier. But I, I really am trying to keep the faith. Keep the faith, Bob. That's right. I really am. But you know what? Before we dig into all the madness here today, Jody, let's. Uh, I've got some new music for this. I've got a new name for, this, for the little teeny tiny segment we're going to do here at the top of the show. It's Jody's Celebrity Sighting of the Week. <laughs> yeah. Of course, a couple of weeks ago, we uh, we talked about your Golden Globes experience, where you, uh, right. among other people, you got to meet uh, Rami Malek, who was just mm-hmm. effing phenomenal in yes. Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, oh my God! I, I told Buzz on Tuesday, I just I wanted to reach into the screen and just hug Freddie Mercury or his portrayal yeah. of Freddie Mercury or the mm-hmm. real Freddie Mercury if he was still For around. Matter, but yeah. good God, that was great. But so you had another celebrity sighting, and it was hinted. Uh, with our West Wing clip at the top of the show <laughs> I was today. With that, yes. yeah. No. Um. So my my mom's husband is a he's a music director. He's also a drummer. Mm-hmm. And there's a show right now at the Geffen Playhouse. Um. Uh. Forget what the actual title is, but yeah. it's about Nat King Cole's last show, his last show of his variety show that he had in the fifties. And why he was canceled was because certain of his uh, uh, advertisers didn't want to mm-hmm. lose. Southern sells basically. Yeah. The South wasn't watching. They they weren't going to buy their soap. Basically, they weren't going to buy whatever it was they were hawking in the South because Nat King Cole was hosting a variety show in prime time. I and so, see. so that's why it got canceled. So basically, the show is about that last production of the Nat King Cole show. Oh wow! Peggy Lee was a guest star, and so it's him in his dressing room, and then he has this whole kind of fantasy about his last show and then it brings Mm -hmm. it back to the actual show and so Dulé Hill who was in that clip stars as Nat King Cole oh wow so cool Charlie Young from the West Wing of course right Dulé Hill and he is so man he sounds like him when he sings oh my god and if you did not know it already the man can tap dance like crazy (laughs) really really yeah like crazy crazy good and the kid that plays and his name is escaping me hold on it's Daniel Yes, Daniel Day, uh, Daniel J. Watts. Daniel, plays D- Daniel Day, Day Lewis. No, Daniel J. Watts oh, okay. is his name, right. uh, and he plays Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> That'd have been so weird if it was Daniel Day Lewis. As saying. Sammy Davis would be wrong. Um, <laughs> sure. We, I thought we've all learned from this. Uh, no, but Daniel J. Watts <laughs> plays uh, Sammy Davis, and he is just phenomenal. So. Mom took me to go see the show because Brian was playing on stage because Brian, my mom's husband, is in the band that plays the band for Nat King Cole. Oh, of course, your mom is Carol Burnett. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and, and that's those a, that's of you, a weekly celebrity thing. <laughs> your, your first, uh, if you're a first-time listener, Jody Hamilton's mom is Carol Burnett, and I'm not joking about that. So I just want to no, clarify that. Okay. No, you are not. So, we, you know, we watched the show, and it's a 90-minute musical. It's fantastic. So anybody that's in L.A., I think it's still open through the end of next week. Oh, that's um, wonderful. So go see it if you can. And hopefully he's going to tour with it. That's what I'm hoping. Um, and so anyway, so we finish. show gets done. We go back to try to find Brian. And as we're meandering backstage, Daniel J. Watts and so, two other actors in the show were like, Oh my god! And they start pointing at my mom and bowing down and all this <laughs> stuff. And so mom was like, "Oh, it's to the kid that played Sammy Davis." She goes, "Look, I worked with Sammy. You have him to a T." Oh, that's so cool. And which was very nice and very accurate too. The kid's amazing. Yeah. And so th- we're like, "We'd like to meet Mr. Hill." And da da da. And they're like, and "Mom goes, by the way, you know Brian, the drummer." And they all look at my mom and they said, "Yeah, mm-hmm. well, sh- he's my husband." And they went, "Talk about bearing the lead, Brian." You know. <laughs> Uh, so, so we awesome. got to meet Mr. Hill, and and um, I told him I said that you were going to be so jealous because you're such a West Wing fanatic. And of course, what uh, Dulé Hill said in response to that was, "Who? Who are you talking about? What are you talking no, about?" No, he said, "Well, he should come see the show, and if he does, I'd love to meet him." Oh no, he didn't. He did he not. He did. I even have a Twitter direct message from him reiterating that he does not know who I am. That's you. Just, he wanted to meet you. You're just being too kind to me because I'm all stressed out from the. Trump crisis. That's it. You're just buttering me up. There's no no one from the West Wing knows who I am, except for maybe uh, 
Uh, oh, what's her Melissa name? Melissa does. Yeah, Melissa does. Melissa Fitzgerald Melissa knows. Does. knows yeah. I know. I know one West Wing cast member who I've talked <laughs> with on the phone. <laughs> Trust me, if if Delay tours with this, I will get you tickets and you will meet him. Yeah. Well, that was like one of the best experiences I've ever had. I I uh, was stopping by the uh, stately Miller Mansion. Uh, one time, this is back, I think in 2015 or so. And, uh, and I walk right in the door and the first person that greets me at the door is Stephanie Miller, of course. And she's got her cell phone and she's talking to Melissa Fitzgerald and, and she hands the phone to me and suddenly I'm talking to a uh, West Wing cast member and I was just like, Oh my God, (laughs) not worthy. And so, uh, that was my little brush, but there's no way you're lying. You're lying about Dulé. I I could read you the direct message, but, um, (laughs) uh, no, I mean, and then, so I start following him on the Twitter and I'm promoting the show and Daniel Watts I start following him as well and the next thing I know Delay is following me on Twitter See, it's, he, it's up there with Alyssa Milano man I mean yeah you know, yeah one of those deal. one of those dream follows one of those bucket list follows I always love when that absolutely. happens absolutely yeah. yeah no when yeah. Alyssa started following me that was due to Kimberly and thank Kimberly again for that I will I will tell her yeah that's <laughs> she's like Kimberly's bestie now I know uh, they're so close I yeah, love Kimberly's it. like uh, um, her uh like ERA advisor mm-hmm. on all of this, mm-hmm. like the Equal Rights Amendment and so on. Yes. She's, I mean, she's really getting into that. And so uh, Kimberly's kind of advising her behind the scenes about what to say and where to go and how to get this thing uh, finally ratified. So finally, that's, uh, all great news. Okay, so what's not great news is, and I'm still not convinced that this news about the Mueller report is uh, positive. I know I was uh, texting with Buzz Burbank from our Tuesday show and from Buzz Burbank News and Comment, and he's, of course, taking a very cup-half-full point of view on the Mueller news. And, of course, what we heard yesterday from CNN is that uh, now that Barr has been installed, Barr, as uh, Joe Weinbank says, uh, now that uh, Bill Barr has been installed as uh, Attorney General, now we're going to apparently see the end of the Mueller investigation in a matter of days. In fact, the uh, the text of the article says coming days. I don't know what that means. Could that mean? I mean, because like next month could be still be coming days. I yeah, guess, I mean, coming know. days is like, you know, the end of times. It's coming. <laughs> That's right. I mean, I, Someday I, I'm going to die at some point. Yeah. I, but the question remains, is Bob Barr, is Bill Barr, who is it? B- Bill? Bill. It's Bill Barr. Bill, Bill Barr. Barr. I don't know yeah, where I got William Bob Barr. Barr. Is it, wasn't there another Tom guy Tom Hartman named... calls him Bob Barr a lot, too. I don't uh, know why. Okay, because there was another guy named Bob Barr who was in a uh-huh. lot of trouble. He was a Republican, I can do the Googles on that, but go on. Yeah, yeah. So uh, now, you know, the concern is that William Barr is going Bye. to uh, rush this along and is closing up the investigation and making it seem like, are we meant to do that? I meant to do that. But of course, I don't know if that's really the case because it's hard to tell. There's no way of knowing for sure. There are other people like, uh, for example, Marcy Wheeler and uh, and I think Tom Nichols are both saying, and of course, I, I trust uh, their analysis of, of all of this stuff. I mean, Marcy Wheeler's been doing amazing work uh-huh. on this. In fact, I just noticed right before we started the show that Marcy Wheeler uh, was going after Glenn Greenwald on Twitter today, which is so which is mm-hmm. so strange to see that, considering that she very bl- briefly worked for The Intercept and then left The Intercept and under, uh, shall we say, controversial circumstances. Uh, I don't know exactly what those details are, but that still happened. Nevertheless, Marcy Wheeler's been saying that this could be not necessarily the end, but maybe a beginning. And I think that's a possibility, too. I don't know exactly what we're going to be getting by way of a report. Um, my, my main concern is not whether Donald Trump is guilty, because I, I'm convinced of this. I'm convinced of Donald Trump's guilt on all of these charges uh, more than anything I've ever followed or analyzed in the world of politics ever. Right. Obviously, Donald Trump is, is immensely guilty. Mm-hmm. The question that I still have, Jody, is whether or not Robert Mueller is going to have enough evidence to prove that Trump himself was directly involved in conspiracy, cooperation, whatever you want to call it. The, the, obviously, the statute is conspiracy. Mm-hmm. And so... That's what's concerning me. Like Robert Mueller is going to say, hey, you know what? We talked to a bunch of people. We don't have enough evidence to be able to prove that this is what he did. Well, yes, but there is out in plain sight plenty of evidence of obstruction of justice. That's true. So, I mean, that's what Nixon got popped for. Yeah. You know, I mean, it. he's been obstructing this investigation since day one. And therefore, 
that's problematic. If he had nothing to do with it and wasn't worried about his campaign, he wouldn't have done what he did. Well, I mean, my concern is that what we often see through uh, politics is regardless of what we think is going to happen, and this is across, this is like a general observation, regardless Mm -hmm. of what we think might happen, oftentimes in American government, American politics, what really ends up happening in the end is something that lands shy of where we were hoping it would land. Um, We always end up a little disappointed sometimes with this stuff. Now, granted, there have been a lot of things that have happened over the course of this investigation, over the course of this entire story, that have have blown our minds, that are far beyond what we're expecting. And I've been saying for some time now that what uh, Mueller may know is uh, a lot more than what we've even heard about there are so many details so many uh uh, threads that we may never have been aware of that we may get in the course of this uh finding out what this uh uh investigation has brought you know but again i i still feel like this sense of being burned too many times or the fact that donald trump has been able to get away with so much that donald trump jr is still at large i mean these are (laughs) things that plague me and i do underscore at large that donald trump jr i don't know why that guy hasn't been indicted yet. I mean, there well, are you no- know. I, oh, go ahead. I think what they want to do is make sure that it's bulletproof. To use a very bad um, analogy, yeah. Uh, when you're when you're going after the president and his blood relatives versus yeah. Paul Manafort's of the world and and other people that are super close to him, that's you got to be ready to. It's got to be almost mm-hmm. foolproof, bulletproof, whatever you want to call it. And and going back to him, quote, not being involved in the conspiracy, his business style, and I use the word style and business loosely, um, has always been to overlook, he's a, he's a micromanager. Yeah. And so I can't imagine him being okay with somebody coming up to him and saying, I'm not going to tell you this so that you have plausible deniability. First mm. off, he wouldn't understand the phrase plausible <laughs> deniability. So they'd right. have to give him pictures. But regardless of that, I don't see him wanting to be kept out of it. Mm-hmm. Well, like I, most presidents want to be kept out of things they don't want to know. Yeah, well, I, I hope that is obviously the case. I hope he's asked deep in all of this, like he always is. I mean, because yeah. you're exactly right. He's someone that can't operate unless he's got his hands and every single, his little mm-hmm. tiny stubby fingers and every single loop. Because they can fit so easily into things. Yes, it's easy to get those little stumpy fingers into <laughs> any loop that he chooses. And Exactly. And, yeah, right. I, I just, I feel like uh, I'm just a little worn down by him constantly getting away with this. And that's, that's my big concern. Now, I think Marcy was also saying that this entire report could be exclusively about uh, conspiracy. So there's the possibility that this is going to be a report and there may still be a second report about obstruction of justice. We just don't know what form this is going to take. And and I will say this too, there's added, I don't know, political strength uh, to the fact that William Barr has been handpicked by Donald Trump, has been praised by Donald Trump. And if William Barr releases this Mueller report that we're supposed to get any day now, that could add extra weight and validity to the report. And so hopefully that will carry more weight and allow uh, possibly the details of this report to make its way into the red hat bubble. Well, remember that William Barr encouraged George H.W. Bush to pardon everybody from Iran-Contra. That is also true. So that makes me a little bit nervous. But if anyone is going to do it, if anyone is going to add validity to the strength of this report, it's going to be William Barr. But, yeah. th- I mean, it's a big risk because, as you said, that could swing either way. He could be this guy who says, okay, you know what? I, I do think these are all valid uh, allegations, but here's why you need to pardon everyone involved. <laughs> you know, so there's that possibility, too. Suffice to say, this is a, an immensely nail-biting bit of information. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, here from the actual article reporting on this, the end of the special counsel's probe would not mean the end of criminal investigations connected to the president. This is good news. Federal prosecutors in New York, for example, are exploring whether corrupt payments were made in connection with Trump's inaugural committee funding. So there's that, the whole SDNY thing on top of everything, plus all of the prosecutors, from what I understand, um, involved in prosecuting Roger Stone and Paul Manafort and Mike Flynn and so on, all those prosecutions are going to continue 
as normal as if you know there was no connection whatsoever to the uh the Mueller report they're just going to keep moving forward with those uh those prosecutions so that's good news too by the way it is now um it, you know, this is irrelevant if you're listening to the show two days later but it's now about 2 <laughs> 33 p.m. Eastern time Mm -hmm. that uh, hearing for Roger Stone should be starting now. Um, There is one thing. And again, you know, this is like the Marcy Wheeler show. Uh, One thing that I did notice Marcy Wheeler posting is that it's possible that with the Roger Stone thing, Amy Berman Jackson will also, you know, give Roger Stone a teeny tiny bit of wiggle room on these uh, this Instagram post that he posted uh-huh. with the crosshairs and everything, because she also was lenient with Manafort on that article he wrote that was published in Kiev, I think. Um, yeah, but he didn't put crosshairs on her face. That is also true. So there may be stronger repercussions for yeah. Roger Stone than there were for Paul Manafort. Because remember, because that g- sounds like a veiled threat to me. Yeah, yeah. She gave she gave Manafort a pass for that op ed that he wrote. But right. with this, this is a lot more than just an op ed. This is a threat. This is a veiled threat to say, "Come on, you know, do, <laughs> you wouldn't want to endanger your life, would you?" It's yeah. Too bad you tripped down those stairs. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, so, you know, again, we'll see, hopefully we'll get, uh, this information before we wrap up the show, because again, this is w- one of those days where we'll finish up, we'll delay, we'll stall, we'll get all the way to the end of the show. We can't, we've run out of things to talk about and we'll wrap up and I'll hit stop on the recording. And just then that's when we'll hear about Roger Stone. So I don't know, but uh, he's in Washington. He flew up from, uh, from Florida. So he's all ready to go. Uh, I'm just going to check in on Twitter here to see if there's anything, anything, anything. And of course, it's not refreshing. Uh, but here it is. Oh, Twitter's never refreshing like a beverage. I'm saying it's not It's not reloading. It's not. <laughs> the page isn't. Uh, According to Jesse Rodriguez, uh, Roger Stone's hearing is underway. Oh, it's underway. Oh, it my God. Began. Okay. Well, fingers crossed. I mean. Best case scenario, that bastard gets tossed in jail today. He I mean, should. He should. He violated the terms of his bail. He, he should be thrown into the Huskow until his trial. Yeah, yeah. Ryan Riley says uh, Roger Stone is now seated at the defense table for a hearing on his Instagram post. Like a goddamn idiot. What a stupid... The Again, you go back to that deep throat line from all the president's men. These aren't very bright guys and things got out of hand. That is the best way to encapsulate everything having to do with uh, with stupid Watergate. So on top of all of that, you know, as if that wasn't enough, and we're going to keep monitoring this Roger Stone situation as, uh, as the show wears on. But, you know, the thing that isn't getting a lot of uh, attention today, at least in the press, in... Uh, in lieu of the uh, Jesse Smollett business, which I'm sorry, I, I said this on Twitter earlier, Jody. I just I don't have the bandwidth for the Jesse story. I don't have the bandwidth for the Tucker Carlson story. These are two stories that I'm just, I, I, you know, there's some things that I pick and choose. I was just like, I can't, I, I, I just don't have any mental capacity to deal with these other things because there are too many things all at once. And sometimes it's like Homer Simpson's old uh, Maxim, you know, I can't learn new stuff because it p- pushes the old stuff out of my brain. So the story that I'm talking about, the, the story that uh, isn't getting a lot of attention and it probably should is about this Coast Guard officer lived a, a secret life as a domestic terrorist who aspired to mass murder and compiled a target list of prominent politicians and journalists, federal prosecutors alleged in court papers. This guy's name is Christopher Paul Hassan. He was arrested on February 15 on drug and gun charges. The prosecutor said in a detention memo this week that he intended to murder innocent civilians on a scale rarely seen in this country. Um, hmm. He uh, espoused extremist views for years, court papers say, and he read the manifesto of Anders Breivik, the white supremacist Norwegian terrorist who shot and killed 77 people in 2011. Uh, from January 2017 to January 2019, the defendant conducted online searches and made thousands of visits for pro-Russian, neo-fascist, and neo-Nazi literature. He said here, I'm dreaming of a way to kill almost every last person on Earth. Well, at least his goals, he's setting his sights high. You know, yeah, he's that's, that's, wow. <laughs> right, because if he only kills half the people on Earth, well, he's killed half the people on Earth. See, that's mm-hmm. what happens when you when you overreach. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm joking, of course. <laughs> I think a plague would be most successful. But how do I acquire the needed Spanish flu? 
botulism, anthrax. Not sure yet, but we'll find something. Uh, well, no, he won't, because now he's in jail. Thank God. Right. Um, you know, there was a whole list, I think, of people he was targeting. I think it was, uh, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, here it is. Uh, Richard Blumenthal, Chuck Schumer, Elizabeth Warren, Tim Kaine, Kirsten Gillibrand, Cory Booker, Nancy Pelosi, AOC, Maxine Waters. Tell me if these names are, don't all sound familiar as people who Donald Trump has come up with nicknames for. Mm-hmm. I can probably name almost all the nicknames. We've got uh, Denang Dick. We've got Crying Chuck. We've got uh, Pocahontas. We've got, uh, well, Tim Kaine. Did he, he, I don't think he ever came up with a nickname for Tim Kaine. Um, no, he didn't. He, there's certain people he, he, I think he's too afraid of. Yeah, he's he's really afraid. And, and you know what? I don't know uh, if he's afraid of Kirsten Gillibrand, but I don't think he's come up with a nickname for her either. I did. I think he came up with a nickname for Cory Booker at some point. But nevertheless, so let's see: Sheila Jackson, Beto O'Rourke, Hillary Clinton, uh, Chairman John Podesta, uh, Chris Hayes, Ari Melber, Don Lemon, Chris Cuomo, Van Jones, uh, Joe Scarborough. And, you know, here's a little bit of a confession. As soon as I heard that he was targeting prominent liberals and we had a list of who those liberals were, of course, I rushed right to the list and I was like, oh, he, I'm not on the list. I wish I was on Neither that am list. I. <laughs> yeah, I'm why, Jody? Need- how do we resolve? How do we get our names on these lists? I, I, would, I, don't, I don't know. You're not, any, not nearly famous enough. <laughs> exactly. You're not famous until you're on someone's death wish list. list yes, exactly. Right? So you're getting death threats. You're not famous. <laughs> I know. Jeez. I'm not quite there. Maybe if I get enough of a Chris Lavoie bump, I can get on some uh, <laughs> some hit lists by, by uh, domestic terrorists. Once again, we've been ignored by crazy criminals yeah and you watch someone's some troll is going to be listening to right. this show and then say right. oh well i can i can help you out on that one bob mm-hmm. and i'll say damn it what me and my big mouth <laughs> and then the fbi so, gets a nice phone call it's so horrible <laughs> i you know i'm not trying to make light of this because this is again this is what you know but maybe i am a little bit because you know again it's either laugh or cry these, these right. are our choices these days but of course this is another case where donald trump has inflamed and incited these kinds of uh, uh potential attacks where he's you know uh, constantly and as recent as uh, what yesterday he's calling the New York Times, the enemy of the people. And, of course, targeting all of these politicians, targeting all of these journalists, and giving tacit permission to all these people to do it. Because they're all going, well, if the president thinks they're the enemy of the people, well, my commander-in-chief is now commanding me to take some action against these people. It's also just simply that the president's words mean things. They matter. It's not just... He's not just screaming into an empty bag. He's just not... You know, it's not masturbation. This is Donald Trump threatening the world. This is Donald Trump threatening American citizens, targeting American citizens as enemies of the people. And again, Mm -hmm. it's very easy to separate the idea of the word journalist or news media personality from being an actual human being. It's almost like how we separate government workers from being Mm -hmm. actually, oh, those aren't real jobs. Those are government jobs. So we can can fire all those people because Mm -hmm. fuck the government. Mm-hmm. These are real people. These are real Americans. There were 800,000 Americans who were furloughed when Donald Trump decided to jerk off about the wall and shut down the government. There are real Americans who are being targeted by right-wing extremists that are getting constantly stoked and enraged and inflamed by Donald Trump's tweets and his public remarks. And of course, he's not going to say a damn thing about any of this stuff because he knows that he's guilty. Mm-hmm. He knows that he is responsible for these things. And what will he do if Joe Scarborough or uh, Ari Melber or someone from MSNBC had been assassinated? The only thing Donald Trump would have ever said is thoughts and prayers for Joe Scarborough and Ari Melber. Right. If that. Yeah, if that. Because, you know, Jody, I mean, you don't matter to Donald Trump if you didn't vote for Donald Trump. Right. I mean, how many news stories have we heard where Donald Trump's talking to some official who he's potentially going to hire? He said, are, are you Trump or Hillary? I mean, we've heard this many, many times or even at, long after the election, he's going, eh, are you Trump or are you Hillary? I mean, that's an, the actual question that he's asked. I forget exactly which official it was. Are you Trump or are you Hillary? If you're Hillary, then he doesn't give a shit about you. Right. You know, like California, he doesn't care right. about California, the fifth largest economy, right? Mm-hmm. 
oh my god it's infuriating so when he's dehumanizing uh basically what what how many people what's the percentage of hillary clinton's vote 48 percent of the vote mm-hmm. versus yeah. trump's 46 something like mm-hmm. that something like that yeah yeah and so those 48 percent, all the people all the millions of people 65 million people who voted well, for i would her. count in the people that didn't vote for her or him as the anti-trump people as well Oh, yeah. Well, so there you it's go. more like 70 million votes against Trump. Yeah. So if you voted for Hillary Clinton or if you voted for a third party or mm-hmm. if you decided, hey, uh, I don't want to vote for anybody. I'm not voting for Donald Trump either. Then maybe right. you're also kind of in a gray area, but you're also an enemy of Donald Trump. Absolutely. If, if, if your state, if your state's electoral votes went to Hillary Clinton, even if you voted for Donald Trump, he doesn't mm-hmm. care about you either. Damn straight, because I have friends and and relatives that live here in California and in Washington State that he couldn't care less about them because they live in a state that didn't vote for him. Exactly right. There are many Trump voters in California and many Mm -hmm. Trump voters who would have used the high-speed rail that they were going Mm -hmm. to install, but yet he's rescinding that money because, of course, California's electoral votes didn't go to him because he's a a vindictive little bitch. Yep. Stop whining. Such a whiny diaper baby. And this whiny (laughs) diaper baby has got a gun pointed at the heads of millions of American citizens. And he's starting with these guys, these right-wing lunatics, uh, hoping that they'll do some work for him so that all he has to do at the end of the day is offer up uh, uh, thoughts and prayers when someone's killed. Jesus, God. I, again, I, I never thought we could ever actually be here. This is the stuff of, of satire. I mean, it really mm-hmm. is. This, I mean, you'd expect, Jody, and I, we've been saying this since the beginning, the whole Donald Trump thing is like out of some horrible alternative reality. It's almost like, it's like those radio reports that you hear in the background during that uh, the day after movie. Right. Remember where it was just this cascading uh-huh. series of bad news events that were yeah. one after the other escalating up to a nuclear confrontation, which in the context of the movie actually happens. Right. Um, and that's what we're seeing every damn day. We're seeing a constant escalation towards some sort of disaster. And either our institutions step up as they have been. I mean, the institutions have pretty much been holding for the most part. We'll get a real sense of that part. next week. Yeah. Uh, with the release of this report, we'll find out for sure as far as that one goes. But, you know, unless there is something that uh, steps up to take Donald Trump out of the White House permanently, I'm talking about impeachment. I'm talking about the 25th Amendment, of course. I'm talking about some sort of uh, indictment that could ruin his chances for being reelected in 2020. Any of those possibilities would be fine and dandy with me. Unless that happens, though, we're in that spiraling out of control uh, sequence of events that we've seen in so many awful, awful movies. And so, see, I'm full of uh, positivity. and You are. You are just sunshine and light. Chocolate and roses today. That's all you're going to get from me. Unicorns and rainbows. You're just that guy. <laughs> All right. So uh, hopefully that w- if, if there is some sort of a assassination attempt or some sort of threat, I'll at least be well dressed for the photos because yes. I've got my brand new shirts from untuckit.com. I love my untuckit shirts. Oh my God. I've got four of them. I got, you know what they have? You know, one of my favorite uh, untuckit shirts is they're, they're Henleys. They have these great Henley shirts, which are the collarless shirts with the little, I, I don't know, there's like five or six buttons in the front, but it goes about a quarter of the way down your chest. Those are my all time favorite. In fact, I'm wearing one of those shirts in the, uh, in the logo for uh, bobseska.com. That's the kind of shirt I'm talking about. And Untuck It has the best shirts along those lines. I've got them sitting right here. Let me see. I got here's the items. If you want to know exactly what I bought from Untuck It, I got an, a, a black Upland shirt. I got my uh, gray charcoal Pino shirt. That's P I N O, like the wine. I got a navy blue Damascino, and I got a black Grossi. These are amazing garments from Untuck It. And, you know, what you need are dress shirts that are made to be untucked. And, of course, that's why you need Untuck it. Untuck It has shirts that you can wear untucked at the office. I like looking sharp and casual at the same time here in my office, in my home, and I can't believe they had the perfect fit for me, of course, and that's really challenging for me because I've got long monkey arms and I have trouble finding (laughs) shirts that fit all the way down to my hands. Um, 
so untucked shirts come in 50 different fits for tall guys short guys slim guys muscle guys every guy of every age they even offer free shipping and free returns on all u.s orders and right now you can get 20 percent off your first purchase at untuckit.com with the promo code b-o-b-c don't put this off go now to untuckit.com or visit one of 50 untuckit stores in the u.s and canada or you can just click the untuckit link on the podcast page at bobseska.com with this show if you want the perfect uh, fitting shirt no matter your size or shape try the original untucked shirt it's untuckit and don't forget to use the promo code bobc to get 20 percent off your first purchase at untuckit.com again that's promo code bobc for untuckit.com the bob seska show sing along right oh, i could hide the wings of the bluebird she sings. So I was first introduced to the monkeys. Uh, I, I was aware of the monkeys, but then MTV, I think it was MTV, started playing uh, some of the monkeys reruns in the afternoons. It was around. I watched I, it when I was a kid. Oh my God. So you watched it when it was actually on? Yeah. I was real little, but yeah. Good God. I love that show. I mean, 1980, so good. 1988, 1989, around there. Um, I was 17 years old, and I would rush home to watch uh, <laughs> reruns of Batman, of course. Yeah, of course. And uh, and reruns of The Monkees on MTV. It was so great. So I have distinctive memories of watching The uh, the Monkees. And of course, my uh, one of my exes was deeply and profoundly in love with Peter Tork. She really... Uh, I was too. He was my Peter favorite. Tork. Yeah, Peter Tork. So safe home to uh, Peter Tork. We lost Peter Tork today. He joins, I think, Davy Jones is uh, is also... Uh, yeah, has Michael also left and Mickey us. are still with us. Michael and Mickey. Michael, I mean, you know, Michael's everyone's favorite, I think. Somewhat, well, I mean... Is, well, he's the musician's musician. Of yeah, the yeah. Um, um, and he denounced the TV show for years because he was a musician, musician. But now yeah. he, he hasn't done that in a long, long time. In fact, he was touring with Peter and Mickey um, and his son Christian for a while oh, wow. with another singer uh, sitting in for Davey. Um, so they, he'd been back with them for a while, and he actually posted something really lovely about Peter and I got to see Peter Tork at a small nightclub here years ago, and he was fantastic. Isn't the story that uh, Mike Nesmith's mother or someone invented yes. whiteout? Is that the yes, story? Yes, she did. It's whiteout, right? Or was yeah, it Scotch she invented, tape? It was liquid paper, technically. Oh my god! Wow, that's great. Um, and it came from she. Uh, she was a secretary or something, and she kept making mis- you know you make a mistake, and she took some white nail polish, and boom. That wow. was the idea, and it, and that's, I mean, yes, I mean, the patents obviously run out on that a long time ago, but yeah, Mike Nesmith's mom did invent liquid paper. So that's why Mike Nesmith never felt the need to tour with the monkeys a whole lot. Like, Well, he, uh, yes, and also he had his own records and stuff. I mean, once the once the TV show, in fact, the TV show went off the air in 68, so I did watch it in reruns, but as a young child. Um, well, he had, uh, apparently Peter Tork had like one of the worst cancers. I mean, just, uh, just yeah. reading about it, it's just horrible. It's like some sort of, uh, cancer of the adenoids, which is like these Ow. lymphatic things between your mouth and Sounds your nose. Sounds super uncomfortable for sleeping. Oh my god! That's yeah. Terrible. Oh my god! Such a, such a horrible, horrible way to go. And I'm not sure exactly if that's that's why he died, but that's one of the things he has been battling with over the over the last uh, couple of years. And they didn't even say exactly what the cause of death was, at least in the initial announcement. They may have that information now, but I you know I don't know what it is. But it's too bad for uh, for for Peter Tork and and the yeah. monkey. And, you know, it's one of those things where, you, you know, you just go, well, I guess that means there's never going to be a monkeys reunion uh, of all four guys. No, I mean, you lose no. Davy Jones. Davey and, died, that yeah, was it. But. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, OK, getting back to politics here, Jody, uh, we might see, of course, all these things are happening at the same time. We got started late, not only because of the Roger Stone thing and waiting to see what happens there, but also because there's just so many news stories for us to digest. It's just becoming a, a greater and greater challenge to keep up with all this crap. And so we've got one of the many things happening uh, over the next uh, week or 10 days or so is this Paul Manafort sentencing memo, which apparently is going to happen uh, tomorrow. And uh, once again, I mean, a, a, a go-to source on all of this is Marcy Wheeler because she's been following this stuff uh, uh, almost as closely as, uh, you know, Jackie Schechner and, uh, and Rachel Maddow and some of the others. But um, 
basically Marcy outlined seven things that we could we may see more information about in the Paul Manafort sentencing memo, which will hopefully be tomorrow. She details uh, a series of things here, including Manafort's uh, sleazy influence peddling, including his modus operandi of projecting his own client's corruption onto his opponents. The fact that Manafort already pled guilty to conspiring with a suspected Russian intelligence asset, we could learn more about that. Details about how Manafort, ostensibly working for free, got paid in 2016 in part via kickbacks from a super PAC that violated campaign finance law, possibly in part by Tom Barrick, who was using uh, Manafort and Trump as a loss leader to Middle Eastern graft and in part by deferring payments or debt relief from Russian-backed oligarchs. Jesus God. That alone, I, I, I'm dying to know uh, more details about that. Uh, Manafort's role and understanding of the June 9th meeting at Trump Tower, which uh, is a prelude of sorts to the August 2 meeting. The mm-hmm. dates and substance of Manafort's ongoing communications with suspected Russian intelligence asset uh, Konstantin Kalimnik, Kostya Kalimnik, uh, Manafort's man in Kiev, including the reasons why Manafort shared highly detailed polling data on August 2nd, 2016. You know, August 2nd, that's kind of a a central date in all of this madness because wasn't it August 2nd, I think, in which Don Jr. met with the Psy Group, which is that Israeli group that was uh, putting together an outline for how to use uh, psychological warfare to influence the campaign? Um, I think you're right. Yeah, it was around that same date. Uh, But uh, so Manafort shared highly detailed polling data on that date, August 2, 2016, that he knew would be passed on to his paymasters, who just happened to be, in the case of Oleg Deripaska, a central player in the election year operation. Uh, Number six, the ongoing efforts to win Russia relief from the American-Ukrainian-related sanctions by pushing a peace plan that would effectively give Russia everything it wants. Uh, Number seven, Manafort's ongoing discussions with Trump and the administration up to and including discussions laying out how if Manafort remains silent about items two through six, Trump will pardon him. Mm -hmm. So good God, this is a week um, in presidential scandal, unlike we have seen since John Dean and I think the other guy was Butterfield, since they both released the or, or told Congress about the secret recording system inside the White House, we were talking about uh, a series of potential bombshells along that that caliber. So let's see here. I'm also noticing here that uh, Judge Jackson wants to know how Stone can be deeply, sincerely sorry when he's been on a media spree talking about his Instagram post, Stone. Stone said, quote, I have no rationalization or excuse. It was just an error. Um, <laughs> let's see what else. Prosecutors- an error to act like he's been acting for the last 50 years in politics. Exactly right. Stone says it's conceivable the image was selected from his phone, which is, quote, used by numerous people. Says he has five or six people, volunteers. Uh, oh. Judge Amy Berman Jackson is not happy. <laughs> I would imagine. No yeah. Judge Amy Berman Jackson, quote. But you saw it and said, okay, I'm going to post this. Stone replied, I didn't really recognize the implications. It was an error, your honor. Well, no fucking shit, you goddamn idiot. What are you, a toddler? All these people ask, act like they're four years old. I don't know. It's like, like, I hate to bring up this reference, but it's like that. Remember the Cosby bit about, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. You know, it's just like brain damage. <laughs> That's what he referred to it as. Oh, I had no idea that it was a bad idea to, to post a picture of the judge presiding over my case with a crosshairs next to her head. It never even occurred to me that this is wrong. You know, maybe that's even worse. But uh, but there it is. So let me see here. I'm just going to see if there's any updates in this thread. Prosecutor Kravis says, have you gone back and asked the five or six people who work for you who did it? Stone replied, nobody will admit to it. <laughs> So nobody in Roger Stone's group is willing to admit Roger Stone's, you know, his whole team of advisors, which is, I don't even know. It's a beanie baby and a sock puppet. I'm pretty sure it's invisible meth people, you know, like, like people are on meth, see the shadow people. That's who's consulting. Yes. That's who's advising uh, Roger Stone on his Instagram account. It's all those shadow people. Um, so, but yeah, again, even worse, your people don't want to talk about it. What? I mean, unbelievable how they ride. This is like the epitome of that failing up 
theme that we see so often in entertainment where someone <laughs> makes a horrible movie that loses money and suddenly they get a three picture deal yep. because they're nice guys. Right. right. They're part of the, the good old boys network or something like that. Again, this is a case, Jody, where it's obvious that they all like failed up into their positions. God yeah. damn. All right. So the House Oversight Committee mm-hmm. is now going to be uh, holding open hearings with uh, Michael Cohen. Mm-hmm. about a broad range of subjects. And they listed all of the topic areas that uh, the Oversight Committee is going to be discussing with Michael Cohen. Again, this is going to be on television next Wednesday. The president's debts and payments related to efforts to influence the 2016 election. The president's compliance with financial disclosure requirements. The president's compliance with campaign finance laws. The president's compliance with tax laws. I can't wait to see that. The president's Mm -hmm. potential and actual conflicts of interest. The president's business practices. The Trump International Hotel in Washington, D.C. The accuracy of the president's public statements potentially fraudulent or inappropriate practices by the Trump Foundation and public efforts by the president and his attorney to intimidate Mr. Cohen or others not to testify. Yes, I love all of that. (laughs) Says who? This could be, again, this could be the, the, the John Dean moment. It could. This could be like one of those things where we suddenly get a gigantic bombshell out of these topic areas and and he's doing it. Michael Cohen is actually doing this, so I really doubt he's going to go. In fact, I don't think any of these topic areas, at least related to Michael Cohen, would fall under any sort of executive privilege or any nope. classified information. Nope. This is all about the dealings between Trump and Cohen themselves. I guess the only, maybe the only uh, uh, area where we could see some redactions or or some uh, lacks of uh, or areas where Michael Cohen might not be able to answer or may have to do with t- attorney-client privilege. Yeah, but if that was in furtherance of a crime, then that goes out the door. Yeah, that's true. So, But I don't know how they've determined whether or not something will fall under attorney-client privilege. I guess we're just going to have to wait and see what Michael Cohen says. Yeah, because, I mean, to get, a, to get the search warrant that they got, they had to overcome bigger hurdles than say one against you or me because yeah. we're not a lawyer for somebody that happens to be in the White House. So for them to get those search warrants to begin with suggests that he should be able to testify about pretty much everything because he lied and, and Trump lied about payments to people. That's a crime. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so here, back to Roger Stone here for a second. Uh-huh. Roger Stone admits that he wrote the text that accompanied Whoa. the image. All right, so he didn't pick the image, uh, apparently. He says nobody will own up to it. Uh, Stone was asked for the names of his volunteers. He named two of them, says he'd have to uh, go back and check the others. Oh, my God. You know, even when they're sitting on the proverbial hot seat, they're still, again, it's the brain damage. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't do it. Yeah, exactly. That, you know, that's the most frustrating and infuriating thing about the entire uh, a Trump crisis. Uh, of all of the red hats, and I'm talking about the prominent ones, the inner circle red hats, is the constant who me. Who? Uh-huh. We, we didn't do anything wrong. What? Who? Us? What? Why, how could we possibly do this? You're the real criminals. You're the real racist because you bring up racism. Exactly right. Well, that's what Trump was trying to play with the Jesse Smollett thing. Mm-hmm. You know, that Jesse Smollett made racist remarks about white people. It's the it's like the isn't it the reverse racism thing? Isn't Which, that what he's yeah, claiming? That's oh, what they're God. trying to do, but Yeah. And as we've all known for years that there is no such thing as reverse racism. Exactly. No. <laughs> there is you can be a bigot against somebody that's, you know, Bigotry is is across everything. Oh but yeah, racism is institutionalized. It's it's a whole different. It's it's power. Racism has to do with power more than yep. I, I'm prejudging you or I'm bigoted against you. It's a bigotry and and prejudicial uh, feelings inform racism, but you can be a bigot and not a you know and not be a reverse racist. Right. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and of course, what we know is that racism has to come from a place of power in order for it exactly. to be racism. 
you have exactly. to be yeah you have to be in the in the majority the as far as the yeah. demographic to uh to actually be a racist you can't be a minority right. and be racist against the majority it's just like right you can be bigoted but you can't be racist <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm so sorry that you run everything you know you white devils oh, you poor white de- that like that mother kid suing the washington post because we saw who he was yeah exactly right exactly right which by the way donald trump is also defending that guy of course he is in- encouraging that like mini trump see that's my biggest concern is that there's going to be an entire race i mean talk about racism there's gonna be an entire race of trump clones they're being incubated right now. The Covington kids, you know, all of the red hats. There are numerous uh, state and local level politicians who want to get in on the Trump thing, on the Trumpism thing. We mm-hmm. saw it a little bit last year with the midterms. Um, if, if it's not contained now, we're going to see many more of them into the future until we end up. Uh, you are right. As I said to Drift Glass after, uh, and Blue Gal yesterday, we're going to end up uh, with uh, President Camacho and drinking Brondo any day now. Hey, it's good for plants. Yeah, it helps plants grow. Plants want Brondo. It's got what plants crave. It's it got does. Ele- it has what. Hey, I'm with him. It's got electrolytes. It's got electrolytes. <laughs> it's, what, uh, it's what plants crave, Bob. Come on. Yes, yeah, uh, we're gonna. You know what? We're gonna talk about something else that's growing, but not really growing. Uh, after we take a short break, back right after these words. Well, it looks like that wicked winter air is setting in. And you know how washing up in winter can leave your hands drier and Rick Perry's hooses on a Saturday night. Well, friend, fret no more. Whip your dry skin into shape with whoop-ass hand balm from Bubble Genius. Them good folks over at Bubble Genius have loaded up their whoop-ass with a whole mess of nature's goodies. Like genuine shea butter and sweet almond oil, citrus extracts, and sage, which are wonderful for healing and fixing your skin right up. This here ain't no sissy hand balm. This here's some serious stuff. So if long days out on the range are leaving your skin tighter than socks on a rooster, then it sure is time to open a can of whoop-ass. By the by, this stuff's great on rough elbows and knees, too. Hear that, Mitch McConnell? Check out the entire line of whoop-ass products, including body whip and soap, at BubbleGenius.com. Bubble Genius. Y'all suds up now, you hear? Bob Seska! This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Yes, it is. It's Weird Thursday with my friend Jody Hamilton from the Stephanie Miller Show and the From the Bunker podcast, from bunkercom You can also find it on iTunes and everywhere that uh, popular podcasts are listened to. All right, so uh, let's see. I'm, I'm watching Brittany Eakin's uh, reports here. She's a... Uh, She's a reporter for Courthouse News, and she's uh, in the Stone hearings right now, and she's tweeting about it. She said here that uh, ABJ, that's uh, Amy Berman Jackson, wants to know if Stone told InfoWars that all of the attention over his post was another example of the media making him a target. Uh, Quote, I want to know if you said that. Stone finally says, yes, he said that, but spoke out because he thought media had misrepresented his intention. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, Kravis just pressed stone on his media statements since the Instagram post went up and was taken down. Says other than the Infowars interview, he does not recall giving statements to CBS and uh, the Washington Post. So these would all, you know, she's basically quizzing Roger Stone on his violations of the gag order. Stone cites one person who has his Instagram login information. Kravis asks again for the other names. Stone comes up with a third and fourth, but says, I'm sorry, I don't recall the others. It's a revolving situation. So basically what he said earlier, he said, I don't know any of these people. <laughs> and now he's saying, oh, I know. I, I, I've come up with a few names here. Because it's a, of course. It's a revolving situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's talking about his own brain, right? In his little tiny pointy head. It's like, I guess there's not a lot of room for that brain to sit up there because his head is shaped like a traffic cone. So Kravis also asks here, you can't remember the names of all the volunteers who work for you and had access to your phone for four days or four days ago. Stone reiterates that he, in fact, cannot remember. <laughs> <sighs> okay. no, I'm sorry, but your um, senility won't 
we'll cover your ass this time. Yeah, yeah. So no word yet on uh, how this is going to turn out. So I'm just going to I'm just going to stall for time. I and mean, there's plenty to talk about, Jody. <laughs> so there's uh, plenty of uh, plenty of more uh, things to uh, to stretch out the length of the show today. Uh, okay, so Trump lied about the wall by posting a time-lapse video of a replacement wall that was started last April and completed in November. Mm-hmm. And he said, this is new wall. It's happening now. Look at all, all the wall, wall that's going up. The wall. wall. He's really excited about wall. But Trump's claim that the project in the video was just built is false, of course. According to KOA-TV in Albuquerque, the project, $73 million to build a column-style wall that stretches for 20 miles west of the U.S. Customs and Border Protection port of entry in in Santa Teresa, was actually completed last November. Mm -hmm. And, in fact, if you go to cpb.gov and browse around in the newsroom vertical of the Customs and Border Protection website, you'll find the announcement with the original release date, April 9th, 2018, Santa Teresa border wall replacement project to begin. So the headline even says the word replacement in it. Mm-hmm. It's not new wall. And he's telling all of his stupid gullible red hats that it is new wall so they can all go, yay, wall, and then frantically start jerking off. You know, the, I, I don't know. CBP awarded a construction contract jan- on January 22 to Bernard Construction of Bozeman, Montana. See, that was the other thing. I looked at this video and I was like, oh, those don't look like army engineers to me. <laughs> They're dressed in street clothes and the usual things that you would see construction workers wearing. Uh, so, and that's, isn't that the story, Jody, that uh, mm-hmm. it's going to be the military building the wall? Isn't that supposed to be better? Or are they just taking money and using that to hire contractors? I'm know. not sure what they're going to... Well, I mean, the lawsuits have been filed, so I don't think anything's going to happen until it moves its way to oh, that, the courts. That is, yeah, exactly right. Um, in fact, it's going to take a couple of years at least, and then once they get yeah. started, it's going to be... I mean, this took uh, like 300 days or so to finish this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> right. And so I, I'm thinking... I was looking at that video, and I was like, I wonder if Trump believes that that's really as fast as it was going up. We have the fastest wall builders. They're, they're moving so quickly. He's looking at the time-lapse video and thinking, wow, they're super fast. <laughs> <laughs> I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be shocked for a second if Trump didn't understand that it was time-lapse video and expected, you know, like the Benny Hill music to start playing in the background. <laughs> I was like, oh, I love it. I love it when the old man pops out with his pants down and then grabs the other woman's boobs. Oh, no, sir, that was a Benny Hill sketch that you watched on television last night. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> I get these things mixed up all the time. Um, meanwhile, Nancy Pelosi says the House is preparing to vote in the coming days on a resolution rejecting Trump's national emergency declaration. She's encouraging fellow Dems to support the measure as she attempts to stop Trump from going around uh, Congress to build his border wall. Pelosi wall. says the House plans to move swiftly to pass the disapproval resolution, but she did not provide an exact date. And so it would have to move through a House committee before appearing on the floor for a final vote. So that's still a, a little ways off, or as Trump would say, woof. Um, and finally, Putin has threatened the U.S. with nuclear weapons, yet Trump has said nothing. I mean, here we are in 2019. It's February 21st in 2019, and a story in which Russia threatens the United States with nuclear weapons mm-hmm. it, uh, is just kind of buried. It's yeah. just kind of lost in the fire hose of tennis balls, as Stephanie Miller calls it. It, it just it, it's 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 amazing what is important and is not getting reported because there's yeah. so much other stuff on top of it that you, by the time you get down to the Russia threatening a story, you're like, oh, OK, I'm tired. I'm going to bed. And, and Trump is busily trolling Jussie Smollett. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the big threat, of course. Is the guy Naturally. from the guy from Empire allegedly faking an attack on himself, and who may have a mental problem because he did that? I mean, it makes literally no sense yeah. that he would. The rumor is, or the reporting is, is that it's for to raise his salary. Yeah, yeah, and it's like no, that's not. You have an agent do that. Exactly. You know, there are better ways to to get more money out of a production entity. So this whole thing. Sounds like he's not well. Yeah. And if that is the case, then he needs help. And if, on the other hand, the reporting is accurate, then he needs to be prosecuted and if found guilty, the max. I'm sorry. He's putting everybody else at risk by lying about this. Has he ever seen the movie Bullworth, for God's sake? No kidding. 
Yes, yes. That uh, Warren Beatty movie is one of my uh-huh. favorite political movies. It's very, very dark, so you have to be in a dark mood to kind of to kind of get into it. But it's a it's an amazing political movie. Warren Beatty is outstandingly funny and entertaining in it. Yes, and in this movie, he hires someone to assassinate him. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so of course, then he changes his mind because he suddenly starts to get like this groundswell of uh, of grassroots support. Because mm-hmm. he's given up saying all the things that politicians have to say, and he's just telling right. it like it is, and right. then he, and then suddenly everyone starts paying attention to him, and he's being discussed to run for president and so on, and he regrets uh, uh, putting out the hit on himself, on himself, <laughs> and tries to stop it from happening, right. and uh, and this sounds like the Jesse Smollett thing, kind of in a way, but it actually went, he actually went through with it, which yeah, is just is crazy. Um, but the, the point being is that Donald Trump is talking about Jussie Smollett as if that means anything in the grand scheme. I, you know, I guess there is kind of a thing, but not something that Donald Trump would want to spread around. And my concern is that now anyone who comes out and says, yes, I've been bullied and attacked because I'm gay or because I'm trans or because of some other reason or because I'm a woman, for God's sake. You know, everyone's going to disbelieve them because, oh, it could be another Jussie Smollett situation. Are you sure you didn't order the hit on yourself? Are you sure you didn't uh, hire someone to rape you? You know, it's just like shit like that is going to happen next. And you better believe that Don Jr. is all over this, too, because Don yeah. Jr., totally on the level kind of guy, totally ethical uh, human being oh, yeah. who never lies and never deceives no. the public. No. <laughs> Jesus Christ, these no. people. Um, with his pa- is he the one with the Patrick Bateman hair? Yeah, he's the one with the Patrick Bateman hair. Oh, yeah, yeah. And in fact, I'm fairly convinced that Mikey Day's impression of Donald Trump Jr. on SNL is uh-huh. actually an impression of Patrick Bateman. <laughs> Probably. Go to YouTube after you're done listening to the show, or you can pause the show, go to YouTube, type <laughs> in Mikey Day, SNL, Donald Trump Jr., and watch it and think... Patrick Bateman. Think Christian Bale as Patrick Bateman as you watch him. And it's almost a better impression of Christian Bale as Patrick <laughs> Bateman than it is of Donald Trump Jr. He's got that sing-songy voice like right. he's detailing his morning routine. Right. His foaming gel scrub. You know, he's like <laughs> saying things like that. That's the way he talks. This is really entertaining. Anyway, so uh, meanwhile, Trump's nuclear plan with the Saudis would have enriched the Kushner family. Shocking. Well, again, they again. to Jared. Yeah, again, we're, we're an hour, 10 minutes or so, give or take, into the show. And this is where the story ends up landing just because of the madness of the Trump crisis that we're dealing with. It's just thing after thing after thing. The report released Tuesday notes that one of the power plant manufacturers uh, that could benefit from a nuclear deal, Westinghouse Electric, is a subsidiary of Brookfield Asset Management, the company that has provided financial relief to the family of Jared fucking Kushner. The president's son-in-law and a senior advisor to the White House, Brookfield Asset Management, took a 99-year lease on the Kushner family's deeply indebted New York City property at 666 Fifth Avenue. I'm sorry, but if you buy a property with 666 as the address, do you think there's going to be some problems? I know. Ah, Jesus Christ. And of course, we've seen these stories pop up one after another of Jared Kushner in these secret meetings uh, with Saudi officials and MBS. And of course, we can't help but to link this back to Jamal Khashoggi and why the fucking Trump administration isn't doing a goddamn thing about that. And of course, there's the added benefit of, of what we were saying earlier, which is that none of the people who, who read uh, J- Jamal Khashoggi's work or who read it uh, is, uh, is supporting Trump. So we might as well ignore it. This is something the Red Hats will be totally happy with if Donald Trump says, yeah, you know what, not a big deal that that Washington Post reporter was brutally assassin- tortured and assassinated. Oh, and plus, you know, Jared gets all this money. <laughs> yeah, through the through this uh, illegal nuclear deal that we're doing under the table with the Saudis, it's it's again again they can't they can't keep getting away keep with getting it. Getting away it's, with this, they, but they just, they keep doing it. They keep getting he away. He can't with keep it. getting away with it. Yeah, he can't keep getting away with it. All right, but before we wrap up the free portion of the show, I'm just trying to get a, another update on uh, what's happening with here with Roger Stone, and I'm hoping. 
we have some sort of uh, some sort of result here. Um, let's see. Okay, just the last uh, couple of tweets here from Britton Eakin. Uh, she says, your prosecutor Travis is urging ABJ to impose a full gag order, says Stone continued to amplify the Instagram post message in interviews and media statements, which Travis says constitutes a threat to taint the jury pool. Quote, the defendant's testimony at this hearing was not credible, Kravis said. His apologies are believed by his, are, are belied by his testimony. Even after he realized the Instagram post was a mistake and he continued to make statements echoing its message. Uh, government says the result of Stone's conduct was the wide dissemination of the image, which could be reasonably construed as threatening and introduces a new threat of taint to the jury pool. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Shut up, guys. Shut No, it's, this is serious business, guys. Okay, all right, stop it. Okay, well, on that note, we're going to just wrap up the free portion of the show. I'm just I'm going to go out on a limb here and I'm going to predict that Roger Stone is going to have his gag order tightened and further yep. restricted and least, uh, yeah. and that he's probably not going to go to jail. I don't know. I guess that's a safe bet. I hope I'm wrong. I hope he goes to jail. Same here. Him and his pointy, pointy skull. Lock him up. <laughs> All right. That is the uh, that is the show today. I was hoping to get some Roger Stone news here, but I guess they're going to they're going to wait. Um. All right. So let's see. We may end up actually getting it during the uh, during the course of the postmortem show here. Uh, although I doubt it. But we'll wait and see. If you want to support the show, and you know, by the way, when it comes to supporting the show, I w- I want to be fully clear about how we do the show here. I don't have a staff of producers. I don't, no one's making me giant stacks of printouts that I can. Uh, uh, a reference uh, during the course of the I do all of the printing out and I do all of the uh, the show assembly and all the production I manage the website I manage the Twitter feed I do everything except co-host which is done uh, through the uh, I, I just I'm so grateful for my uh, rotating staff my troop of co-hosts Jody of course uh, Buzz Burbank Kimberly Johnson uh, David Ferguson Jackie Schechner the usual cast and crew but other than that I mean it's all me. So if you can support the show, I really appreciate it. Just go to bobseskashow.com. That's our Patreon page. Toss in $1 a month. I swear to God, you won't miss it. A dollar a month. That, that's pennies per show. But your support goes a long way to keeping this whole thing going. So I really, really appreciate all of you who uh, have supported the show through our Patreon page and, and who also support the show through our uh, very, very fine sponsors, whether it's Brooklinen or Untuckit.com. Or, of course, Hollow Pillow, and I hear that Robin Hood is coming back. Not, not the guy, Robin Hood, but the, uh, the app that helps you, uh, helps you invest. So that's coming back soon. All right. Uh, meanwhile, Jody Hamilton can be found at from-the-bunker.com, also on the Stephanie Miller Show, which is at stephaniemiller.com. Make sure to sign up for the Happy Hour podcast on iTunes. It's free. All right. Have a great weekend, folks. Oh, yeah. After party tomorrow. Take care. We'll see you then. Bye-bye.